0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now.
1: Welcome back to the 3 Take presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 297. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes, with the return of special guest, Ryan Ripken. Nate, did you, uh, did you know tomorrow is Ryan's birthday?
2: Is it? Let's go, man.
3: Oh, stop. Well, you know, I kind of wish it wasn't. Uh, I think in my mind I'm 25 forever. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Nate. Kyle, thank you. 29,
2: right? 29. So,
3: 29.
1: Nate, so Nate gets the first mm. thank you, even though I was the one that brought it up. That's fine.
3: People don't forget. I get it, Kyle. I'm, my bad.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so as uh, as you guys obviously know and i'm sure the people that were checking out the ig story this weekend i was i was kind of out of commission this weekend i was up in cooperstown for the hall of fame ceremony so admittedly a little unplugged uh from mm-hmm. what had been going on uh the last 2 to 3 days um but i got to say cooperstown is just awesome like if for those who haven't been there highly recommend getting up there even so my first visit up there wasn't an induction weekend. I think I maybe missed the, the induction by like a couple weeks, but we were just Mm -hmm. like my dad and my dad and I, and maybe my brother, yeah, my brother was up there too. Um, we were just up there just taking it all in. A lot of the stuff is still the same. It's just minus the, the induction stuff, but it was this most recent time this past weekend was just awesome. Like so many, so many things that you wouldn't otherwise see, like the the amount of Dominicans that I saw this weekend. It <laughs> was inc- cool. It was like, incredible.
2: That's, that's cool. Like upstate New York, like that's a travel. Like that's that's.
1: Well, so Cooper said. I, I thought, thought it was shows. upstate. It's basically like right in the middle of the state.
2: Which oh, I, is it really? Okay. Yeah, well, either well, way, it's a little a little north. Yeah. Middle of nowhere in New York travel destination.
3: That's, you know, that's that's where everyone wants <laughs> to be in the summertime. In york time. But you yeah, know right, that that's little, the cool thing. That's the cool thing yeah, about little, the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, a little too uh stoplight town. But uh yeah, it honestly felt like we were at the World Baseball Classic and it was it was just super cool. Like people it was they were lively. The energy in this tiny little town was just incredible. He's
2: he's the king of the DR. I mean, I think we just I think we have to admit that, right?
1: And he he puts he puts that that country on his back for sure. Yeah. Like he was repping the the DR flag uh or the pin or the lapel or whatever um but yeah it was just Nate you said you have uh, Ryan I know you've been there you you haven't been there correct I have
2: not I have not and I'm kind of pissed because like uh, of any induction I would have gone to I probably would have done the Jeter one but the COVID stuff like threw the whole schedule off and I just couldn't make it work and so it's like if I didn't go to his induction is there any other induction I would go to probably not So I think I'm just going to time it to where it's nice and quiet. It's the middle of like a random date that no one's going to be there and I can take my time in the museum like that kind of thing. Was do you get rushed through the museum when you feel like there's too many people there?
1: No, I mean, surprisingly and credit to the the museum staff like they weren't. They were super helpful, very kind. Given the the weekend, like you would you would think that they, it'd be possible for them to get a little overwhelmed, but they were they were all great. Uh, but it's just really overwhelming the amount of mm-hmm. stuff they have up there. And you could take like we were talking to some people that we had met up there, and we were just in agreement that like you could take six to eight hours and still not like you could take a, yeah. a, a whole weekend and still not get to everything that they have up there, which is all cool. Right, but enough. also it's it's kind of it's disappointing because it's like I'm up here. I want to be able to take everything in, but there, it, it's just impossible to get around to it yeah.
3: all. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to explore there, you know. And it's it's funny because it is such a small town, but I would say if you have the opportunity to go for a ceremony, Nate, and on your own, I would do it because yeah, there is something about having a group of people come together for the induction. Like, and we just talked about you know that Big Poppy put the DR, put put the country on his back, and for the last, you know, for his playing career, those, like a 10-15 year period, he yeah. he was iconic, and, and you know, Kyle, all those Red Sox World Series runs, and then you see those floods of people come back to celebrate it, and everyone's there, and it's excited, and the Hall of Fame stuff, it's endless things that you could go and see, so if you have the time anybody yeah. that wants to go it, it's a must, you, you must go at some point uh, you will not be disappointed
1: yeah i was uh admittedly a couple moments over the weekend got a little emotional shed a, shed a tear or two um but it, it was yeah. just really cool being able to hear so many stories that you other, otherwise wouldn't hear like even the even the names that i wasn't as familiar with who got inducted this past weekend just hearing just the the people that they that they are like the the types of people that they are in their life outside of baseball and and some of their passions and, and things that kind of consume their time now that they're
2: mm-hmm.
1: a little further separated from the game. Uh, it was just, it was really, really cool to hear those things. Um, it was also, it was also pretty cool to be able to, to boo Manfred in person with a, with thousands <laughs> of people collectively. That was, got to check that off my bucket list. Um, but yeah, I mean it was it was a whirlwind. It was it was a flash. We went up there Saturday, came back last night. So back to back days of driving up to Cooper Sound, but well worth it.
3: There you go, baby.
1: That's,
2: That's all you great. need.
3: Yeah, and, and then and then the content still on the side of the, the personal photos, you eating some pizza. I'm all for that. I, I want more Kyle content out there in the <laughs> Oh
1: all, all credit, all credit to my wife. She was she knew I was kinda like that it would just be a blur, and so she knew I was gonna be try to be taking some pictures of, of some stuff like I had a front row. The Scranton seat the stop
2: first of all. the Scranton oh, yeah. stop yeah. on the way up for the for the paper mill. That, so that's so cold. we.
1: I originally I told her I was like I want to stop and see the welcome to Scranton sign. That's like the first thing you see like right there in the intro, and we drove to where we, where it was supposed to be, but then I think we ended up at the wrong spot. And then, so I was like, all right, let me type in the, the, the pen paper building. Cause I know we're like right around the corner mm-hmm. and it was sure enough, like right around the corner. So I went over there, snapped a pic of that. I was like, this is, this is incredible. And for those people <laughs> wondering, yes, I know that the office wasn't filled, filmed in Scranton, but yeah. John you still Krasinski, get, you still get a little love. Yeah. John Krasinski filmed that intro to the office that's yeah. his footage. Like he took a trip yeah. out there before they started filming the show and, and film well, some screen spots.
2: It's the same way. Like for friends, like you go and take that, that on like bleaker and, and, uh, and Grove, that building that they always film from the outside. Obviously they didn't film friends there. Um, and obviously there's not a coffee shop right below, but it's like, still like you can Wait, take a picture isn't? of that building and it's cool. There's no, no coffee shop. Some, there's nothing there. No, it's, it's, Aww. it is a shop, but it's like, I think it's like a bar or something. It's not a coffee shop um and it has like a red outside it's 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 definitely looks nothing there's no Central perk anything going on there but it's still like you still you still have to get that view. it's sentimental I think it's cool it's sentimental
4: yeah, yeah. you feel it's involved just,
1: I mean it's as close as I can get to to the office on this side yeah. of the country so uh but yeah, it was all in all great weekend got to see Poppy got to see my guy and like I was saying I got a I got a front row spot right there for the parade. So I was snapping some pics of all the guys coming through. I saw, uh, saw some guy named Cal come through, uh, wasn't all too familiar with, with him, but figured, huh, he's, he's here. He seems Literally important. Forgettable. I'll, yeah. I'll snap a couple <laughs> pics. <laughs> um, no, but it, it was, it was cool. See, some of those guys haven't aged a day. Like it's crazy. Uh, what I think my favorite guy that came through was actually Wade Boggs because he was the only, he had a cup of beer And he was just like, he was just toasting to everybody, like just as he's as they're coming down the street. I'm like, what a guy!
2: (laughs) I don't think that guy will ever go a day in his life without having a beer. He's staying true
3: to himself. (laughs) He's not changing for the Hall of Fame. You got to do it. That's what got him there. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Can't change. And then I got a,
1: I got the, uh, I got like a double finger point from Pedro, like the thing he would he would always do with like Manny and those guys. I got one of those. That was that was cool uh but yeah all in all good weekend
2: did you see a rod being with the with the fake cheesy no. smiling going on no i had no him. idea he, he was there. there yeah i yeah. had no
1: idea until I s- somebody had sent a post or something but yeah no, did not see a rod i think he only
2: went only went for poppy but yeah well i mean there's no other reason he's going to be going so
1: oh i'm yeah. sorry in there we'll be in there, we'll <laughs> be in there anytime soon it's a little <laughs> jab just a r- hard ricochet for a rod <laughs> No, it was, it was a necessary ricochet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you guys got any other questions about Cooperstown, Ryan, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've gotten the full experience. Oh, I Nate. mean, As a,
3: no questions. I just, I just love taking it all in and hearing the experiences, you know, and I had my experience 2007 where, uh, I got to wear a jacket. It was 108, it felt like, and, and we talked about before, you know, i um, it was an emotional time, but I honestly remember my dad's speech and then how badly I wanted to get out of the sun. Were well, like the two main <laughs> things and, um, you know, but it, it was awesome. And, and Tony Gwynn was a part of the induction with my dad. So, um, just a really cool thing. Talk about all the people. Like I, I did not know what yeah. to expect and it didn't disappoint, uh, for that. Uh, I did block some memories because I was still like a teenage kid that probably had a little temper tantrum here and there, so I blocked those memories mm. out. But other than that, it was it was a great experience.
1: I mean, it's understandable because <laughs> it gets hot up there. Like, we had to bring an umbrella just for the mm. sun because I saw that that was like a, a tip that people were recommending to, like Smart. bring an umbrella, just use it as a just as ruin a it sun. for yeah. all the hundreds <laughs> of people behind. No, you. no, no, no. Everybody, which which credit to them, they. Like, once the ceremony started, everybody put their umbrellas away. But, like, for the hour and a half that we're kind of hanging out there beforehand, everybody's yeah. got their umbrellas up. You and there was it, yeah. this lady. Umbrella hat. That the band yeah, that goes amazing. around.
2: But there was this oh, lady. Electric.
1: I forgot to mention. <laughs> there was this lady that was behind us who was there for Tony Oliva. And she was like the woo girl. She, like, every, everything, oh even if it wasn't for Tony Oliva, any announcement or any. Uh, clap-worthy moment. She was woohoo, and I'm like, "Lady, <laughs> please, just dial it back, just just a little." Oh, man. she, she was, was right behind you, right behind, like directly behind. me. Oh, I love that. I love just, that that happened to you.
3: Just passion, you know. You can't 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 blame her passion there, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you I can't I should, have a perfect
2: out, experience.
1: I just no, and, and it to be fair, like experience. literally every everyone around us was great. It was just yeah. woohoo, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I've, I've had enough. Um, there was this. I just remembered this. There was an individual who I don't know if this was him, if it was more so coming from him or if it was more his wife or girl. I don't know if his girlfriend or what. Uh, so I, I'll I'll keep that off the record i won't throw him under the bus but this this woman side piece uh, it's the hotel it's the hotel that they all stay at and this individual and his his woman will will say don't know the don't know the relation uh they're walking out and there's these these older guys that are standing right there by the the gates um and I think they maybe said like hello or something. And they're obviously there for like autographs for guys coming out. And I, I mean, I was there like if I was going to catch anybody, uh, cause I was actually trying to catch like Veritek or some guys like that. Cause I knew I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to see Poppy. I'm not going to see any of these other guys. But like if I can catch Veritek, it'd be cool to mm-hmm. have a chat with him or something or Pedroya. Uh, but I think these guys that were there to get autographs maybe got out hello before this woman goes. Um, I'm sorry. He doesn't. the 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 guys don't sign on on Hall of Fame weekend, and then they just walked away. And I'm like, okay, well, that just pretty much ruined my afternoon. And she wasn't even talking to me, so I'm gonna leave. But I was just like, you know, like, uh eh, not a, not a fan of that. Yeah, I really want That's to say tough. who it was, but I don't want to. I don't want to throw him out of the
3: bus. In due time, I think you know maybe people figure it out on their own. You know things, things yeah. always seem to make a way to get out you never know maybe later in the show we'll see what happens
2: <laughs> Stay it tuned. rhymes with
1: uh <laughs> that's a good that's a good rhyme rhymes with okay i'll get i'll i'll say this uh the division i'll give you the division he played in Perfect. okay i'll give you so i'll give you that it was the National League East, and that's all I'm going to say. And I'm not going to
3: confirm or deny. So for everyone listening, National League East. Okay, I got some thoughts. Great.
1: I won't throw them under the bus, but. We're not going to guess? Not a big fan. Uh, I mean, you can, but I can't confirm or deny. You're a gentleman, I want to say it's a
2: Philly. I want to say it's a Philly.
1: I can't confirm or deny. I've already said this like three times. I was a little, <laughs> uh, I was a little disappointed because I'm like, hopefully this is just this woman like getting out ahead of the, the autographs that she assumed that we're going to be requested. And mm-hmm. I was hoping it wasn't reflective of this individual's feelings about it. Cause I'm like, if that is that's, that's kind of disappointing. Cause I'm like these people, like if it wasn't for these people, you wouldn't yeah. be here right now. But yeah, yeah can't confirm or deny i won't throw anybody under the bus yeah fair enough i guess you i i can i can see you guys you guys are you guys are stewing (laughs) something up
3: nope no you're honorable
1: and um (laughs) i'm a scholar and a gentleman you are (laughs) all the above Um, this is great
3: what else we got
1: we got some voicemails that I want to get into. And we actually have, we actually had a last minute edition. So we've got four. So uh, it looks like a couple of them are, all things considered, a, t- a tad lengthy, but nothing we can't handle. So with that said, let me just dive into the first one here. I don't have them in any particular order. So should be able to just dive right into it. Here we go. All right.
5: Hey, guys, my name is Zach Call it from Atlanta, Georgia, originally from Buffalo, New York. This was you, Kyle. Um, I know I hit you up on Twitter earlier this week or the Gang of Saturday um, after that blowout win by my Blue Jays, and I was pretty much saying that that's what you get for talking smack about our home run jacket. But it's been all good fun, man. Uh, it's all good. So my question to you, though, is, is after the series with the Blue Jays, as this make the Red sox sellers at the trade deadline have a good rest of your day guys see you
1: uh, I was hoping we could do this one last so we could I could huh. just go in on the Red sox right now <laughs> but I don't have them labeled I'm here, here so for it all right how do we want to do this do we do we want to save our com do you should I just save my comments for the Red sox till we finish the voicemails yes. Yeah, we'll come Absolutely. back. To I don't
2: want to break this up. I need, no. I need, I need to watch all of it. Just yeah, need we'll to just watch get it all out of rage. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, yeah. we'll we'll come back to this. No worries. Let's get into right. voicemail number two.
4: What's up, guys? This is Andrew, uh, otherwise known as Anthopolis Simp from our fantasy league. Uh, you can also find me on the gram at Rage Content Shameless Pug. Um, anyway, just want to say, really enjoy you guys' show. All the content you guys put out gives me a lot of inspiration. I just really appreciate everything you guys do. Um, I did have a quick question. Uh, I've been playing a little MLB The Show lately. I heard Kyle talking about playing it when he had the the Rona. Um, Just thinking back to, like, the first baseball game I remember playing, it was on PS2 MVP Baseball 2003. And to this day, it's probably still one of my favorites. Just looking back, all the legends, I remember Randy Johnson was on the cover just a, just a great game. Just wanted to know you guys favorite game uh baseball wise, or maybe the first baseball game you guys remember playing. So appreciate it, guys. Stay filthy.
1: Oof. My yeah, guy, Andrew. It is it is true. I played a lot of uh him will be the show when I was when I was out with, with the Roma, <laughs> as he said. Uh I think best all time, I gotta go. I think I've said this before and I probably have gone back and forth, but I think if I mean if I had to choose, I'm probably going MVP two thousand five with Manny on the cover. That that's peak baseball video yeah. games right there. Yeah. yeah Ryan, I know I, I know, uh,
2: I know oh, no. you lost your dad in a in a commercial, right? Were you playing? No, okay, was we, racing. we were, you were racing cars. We were that's racing what it was. cars. Let's not
3: forget. And there's a couple <laughs> things with that. I just want to get this off my chest. For anyone that didn't know, I told them that I was in a commercial with my dad as a
1: kid, which you can look up by the way. It's on YouTube. No,
3: it's it's off the air. Um, you can't find it anywhere. No, no it's
1: it's absolutely on YouTube because that's how we saw it. So don't don't listen to a word he's saying. I think it's Quaker State. Not going
3: con- <laughs> to Not going to confirm it's or deny Qua- anything.
1: It's Quaker. However,
3: State. I, you know what. So the question was about a video game for baseball, but for that thing, it was a NASCAR video game. And the second thing is I would never lose to my dad in any video game. Let's just get that out on the table. I would probably have to agree MVP baseball is probably my favorite baseball series. I loved, I loved 03 to 05. I thought they were great. I think the first game, baseball game though, if I'm going to go back where it got me excited about baseball games was Ken Griffey Jr., I think mm. on N64 yeah. and oh, then had the little, yeah, like the little, uh, I don't know the what you'd use, I guess, to to uh, line up hitting, hitting the ball. And like some players had really tiny uh, zones for them to hit. And then Ken Griffey had the largest one and it was so much fun to play oh, with him. Oh, like them. the, yeah.
1: the like, interface thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: that yeah. interface thing. And Ken Griffey's like took up, it felt like the entire uh, strike zone. So I... Sorry, sorry, Calvin. I use Ken Griffey a lot. So that was uh that was probably I'd say my first memory, but I'm with with Kyle with MVP baseball. I think I'm trying, to, I mean, I'm trying to think. Did they have Cal in 05? Because they had No. Cal was on a cover of a game I'd like to say towards his last year, but don't hold me to that. Since you guys were we're so adamant and, and and great detectives finding my commercial work. Oh, we'll work. find it, don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure you you can go into the archives and, and look up uh, look up that.
1: Because oh, yeah. you know what it was? It was probably too close to his retirement because they they did in 05, they had like the the legends grouping of, of guys, mm-hmm. but it was probably just too. I bet you now he's probably yeah he's in, he's in the show I think right? Doesn't he have a? I think he's got a player.
3: He's
2: probably uh, in there I think you can do one of his stances you can like create your player and, and choose one of his stances yeah I think yeah I think, I think there's there. obviously multiple stances to choose from um but yeah yeah <laughs> you you that, that yeah, is... I'm
1: very accurate I'm yeah. going uh, mvp 5 final answer
2: uh I I mean I I honestly there's always been about the show I know that's kind of late to the game but like when I had PlayStation 2 it was like the MLB, the show like 08, 09, where it was like, you know, way back when like Joe Maurer and like Pedroia, Pedroia. and like, you know, uh, I think Ryan Howard was on those covers. So like, those are my favorite games for sure. Um, the, I mean the first was just backyard baseball and that was, you know, oh, you and me my goodness. playing backyard baseball when we were kids and like playing on the computer or game boy
3: and I might have to change sorry, my answer that. for that. Pablo Sanchez yeah. and co were, <laughs> were he ran, unbelievable. He ran oh yeah. He ran
1: that neighborhood for sure. The O one version was the best. That was uh, so good. that was like Frank Thomas, Ken Griffey, yep. cow was in there. Tommy was in was there. In there. Tommy, Tommy was in, in there. there. Yeah.
2: That was a,
3: oof,
1: that was a game.
2: Rafael Palmeiro I think was in there.
3: Right? yeah that, that, oh, that yeah, one. yeah he was yeah yeah that one might trump it for me i was so obsessed with that game and i think yeah. i even i would like dance around the computer area when pablo sanchez said a home run and then they like play the music <laughs> yeah. i, oh, I would, it comes across the stream. yeah and home run. Yeah. i'm like yeah i'm rounding the bases this is amazing <laughs> yeah
1: a little hack i remember i remember reading that like when you when they're like little player cards came up and it showed their stats. I think it was something like if you held the space bar and clicked his like little guy, he would talk in English or what? Oh really? Ta- it was whatever that he didn't talk. Did he talk in opposite. Spanish? I think no, he would have talked in English. I think you could get him to know. talk Spanish one or either way. It was like vice yeah. versa. It was a little, little hack, but a little hack. that's a great, probably one <laughs> B to my one A of MVP. 05. Yeah. Yeah. All great, right. choices. Uh, great choices. Voicemail number three. Let's get into it.
0: All right. So here's the deal with the All-Star Game uniforms. I appreciate what you guys said on the most recent show. It's perspective I haven't really thought of before. So I think the conclusion I've come to is either, one, you let players wear whatever uniform that they want to wear for the team they play for, or you have the same Jersey that says national or American on it. And it has a twist to whatever, you know, a stylized to whatever city you're playing in. I'm from St. Louis. And when the all-star game was in St. Louis, you know, the national League jerseys said national and they had the bat below it and they were red, you know, clearly a St. Louis all-star game. I think, Those are the two routes you should go, and they need to pick a lane because these weird jerseys that they keep putting out just are unsettling, and I'm tired of it. Second thing, please continue to talk about uniforms. That person has no idea what they're talking about, and a huge reason I like listening to you guys is because you talk about things besides the actual game, things that are related to the game but not actually the game, and the stats themselves. I appreciate that. So please don't stop talking about uniforms. All right. Keep it up, guys. Thanks. Bye.
1: Let's go. Love that. That's love, fantastic. Love some good validation every now and then. Yeah.
2: Um, I love that idea, though. Um, I mean, if if I, I think I kind of picture what he's saying. So, like, if you grab a Cardinals home, maybe that, like, cream one that they have with the red – lettering across right but it just says national instead of st louis or instead of cardinals i think that's what he's referring to right Uh, so you keep that same jersey but you keep the same font but it just says national or american instead
1: right yeah which that if you take that route then you're more so kind of paying homage to the team that's hosting yeah but if you take the other route of just letting players wear their jersey you're at, at that point you're obviously not really tipping your cap as much to the team that's hosting or the city that's hosting and you're more so mm-hmm. letting guys kind of mm-hmm. show that pride in their uh mm-hmm. or or i should say rep their their team and and show pride that way um but I, to me either one of those is better than this like bland okay. monochromatic crap that we've been putting out seemingly yep. the last couple of years, not only for yeah. the all-star week, but for players weekend. Uh, yeah. Like all that, whatever that is. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a joke.
3: Well, just more mm-hmm. generic around the all-star weekend. And, and the thing is for the all-star game, you want to, uh, to applaud the successes of the individual. That's why you're there. So why not yeah. while they're doing that, acknowledge where they are. And I mean, if you're a baseball fan and you're following the game, like you'll, you'll know which teams, like, you know, who Juan Soto is. Um, you'll know who, you know, Mike Trout is and, and all those guys. But for some of the other players that are coming from teams that you might not know as much about, it'd be great to see, oh, wait, what's, oh, oh that's he's an Oriole. Or, oh, that's a Yankee. That's a yeah. that's a, um, a brewer. Like, you know, that's something that you want to be able to give that customization, that type of feel. Because I'm with you. And I feel like you can find that balance, right? Like, maybe if you want to do the mower generic look uh, all-star were together as a team put that earlier in the week you know or practices
2: well i remember like back in the day i remember like you know early to mid 2000s where you would see the american or national jersey during the home run derby yep and all the guys would wear that during the home run derby and then the all-star game was their jersey Mm -hmm. with their home team or away team actual uniform perfect that's a blend of both you get to sell both you can put those american and national jerseys in the shops around around the stadium you can sell them on the internet like all that stuff happens so why can't we have best of both worlds i don't get it doesn't make sense
1: i don't know i just i just want something that's better than what they've been putting out that's all i'll say voicemail number four
5: hey kyle hey nate this is logan earrings i'm up in the air flying right now and just had a couple of things that I've been thinking about with the trade deadline approaching. I'm a diehard Cubs fan, so obviously I'm very frustrated with the Cubs right now trading our whole core last year. Even though I think it was kind of good to get a fresh start rebuilt, it, it was tough at the same time. And the fact that they are not extending Wilson Contreras really pisses me off. I'm like, he is the heart and soul of this Cubs team, and I think the next Cubs future core... And I think it's ridiculous. We have so many, like, Dominican, Puerto Rican dudes in our system, and they all just love Wilson. And here we are talking about trading him and Ian Hap when they're having the best years of their career. Hap has club control for next year as well, which tells me they probably aren't trying to compete for next year. And honestly, I feel like the Cubs are a couple starting pitchers away from being a good team, especially when we're in the NL Central, which is a pretty bad division when you look at it in whole. I think that the Brewers are going to be good for the next couple years. The Cardinals will. But the Cubs are playing like a small market team when that's not what they are, and it is so frustrating. I just wish they would extend Wilson Contreras. I don't think that they're going to get near what he's worth in a trade package at this point in the season, and it's just very frustrating. But anyway, thanks, guys. Love your pod. Appreciate all you do. We'll see you later. Bye.
1: I want one of these yeah. voicemails. The dedication. she's yeah, like – He's like flying. He's tagged us before in a sto- in like stories where he's been listening to the podcast like while he's flying and like it's it's like a that's screenshot dope. of the podcast. I love it. that. It's yeah, incredible. That's sick. Uh I I just want somebody, one of these future voicemails, to end with somebody to say, like, all right, I'm gonna hang up and listen now. That that's all I want. That's that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners trying to you turn wanna... this to a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Make it seem live. That's all I want um yeah. yeah the and honestly this is a, a perfect setup for this this red sox garbage we're about to get into but it sucks when you see a team kind of rally around a guy or two and then when it when the rubber hits the road and it's time to talk money talk uh, like sign papers and then just like yeah no mm-hmm. no we're not gonna do that and then the fan yeah. base is sitting there going what do we what are we really doing? Right. It's like we have somebody here who is talented and we're trying to make moves to get other guys that we think might and it's like the conversation I think it was last episode, night. We were talking about Soto, where it's like, do you wanna do you wanna focus on building your team around guys that you want to be Soto and you think might be able to be Soto? Or do you do you just want the real thing and go mm-hmm. with one Soto? -hmm. I'm not saying Wilson Contreras is that guy, but it's like you, I've just never understood the value of of prospects the way that people talk about them. It's like if you have talent there and Mm -hmm. and it's reliable and consistent and you know what to expect with that individual, and the fan base likes them, why not just keep that guy?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, what I'm confused about is, is the, I mean, we had this conversation last year and into the offseason, who they were going to commit to of the core, right? Between Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, and Contreras. who were Who's going to be the guy they commit to? Clearly, three of those guys are gone. So you would think, out of process of elimination, it would leave Contreras to be like, of course we're going to extend him. And then you have this, okay, we're buyers with, say, Suzuki, but we're not buyers on anyone else. We're not committing to this year to be competitive. I do agree with you that they're probably not going to get the return they're hoping for on Contreras, because when you get an offensive powerhouse like that, that is also somewhat of a cornerstone in your current franchise. It's like, how do you replace that with anybody? None of it makes sense to me except the fact that they've changed front office a lot. And it's been a lot of guys swapping in and out. And so I think it's like, you know, those are their guys. I don't want to – I want my guys to come in here. So I'm confused. I'm just as confused as any other Cubs fan.
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting you just brought it up there. When you have a a turnover in the front office, you're right. People want to bring in their own system, bring in their own guys – because that's what they believe in. And just like the the previous uh, staff before or, or uh, front office, everyone wants to bring what they believe is going to help that organization. The only thing I'll say, and I understand it's frustrating if you're a Cubs fan, because you are in a bigger market and you're seeing now the other part of Chicago, the White Sox have invested quite a bit in the past couple of years. And the Cubs just went from having the best run that they've had you know, and I don't know how long of a duration of time, but for a five-year window, the Cubs were one of the best teams in baseball, it felt like, and you felt they had a chance to, to win and compete. I just hope, as a Cubs fan, whatever they are deciding to do, they go all in one way or the other, meaning they're going to mm-hmm. make a decision to say, hey, we're going to spend more and be competitive, or if you're not going to do that, start the rebuild. Because you do not mm-hmm. want to be caught in the middle of what are we doing. And I feel like that's the worry right now. Because mm-hmm. look, everyone was, we were all de- like, I saw your guys' faces being like, well, yeah, I don't really know exactly what they're doing. And that's where you don't want to be. So when mm-hmm. this season comes to an end or b- past this deadline, you will feel better knowing Clear that, direction. Clear direction. That's what you need. Yeah. But don't be stuck in the middle. And I think right now for Cubs fans, Coming out of the a great run and moving into this next step. Hopefully you pick a path that can get you guys back to being successful and contenders again. Yeah. Tough. So speaking tough of
1: maybe one day being contenders again, uh can we can we circle back on this Red Sox? We'd love can we to smile? <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, baby. I'm just, I just, I love this moment that you're
1: feeling right now. I'm... Can, can, uh, can you tell me about Big League Chew first, Nate? <laughs> you need to warm up. And then maybe yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Geek, and maybe, I'll, I might even throw BarkBox in there. I don't know. All like. right. That's fair.
2: Uh, by the way, before I get into Big League Two, I did finally get to watch, uh, the battered bastards of baseball ah. on, on Netflix this weekend. Very, very good. That. Very, very good. Our our guy Rob was in there quite a bit. Uh, It's just, I I can't believe I didn't know more about that story. It's really kind of fascinating. It's cool. It's good. And it's not long. It's only about an hour and a half. So get to it if you haven't. But uh, Big League Chew, founded by former left-handed pitcher Rob Nelson, Big League Chew started from humble beginnings in that Portland Mavericks bullpen in 1977. For more than 40 years, the iconic pouches packed with shredded, flavorful bubble gum has become the number one shredded gum of athletes everywhere. Big League Chew has sold more than 900 million pouches and is designated as the Hall of Fame bubblegum. Grab some gum and head to Big League Chew's social media channels at Big League Chew on Twitter, at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram to show off your Big League bubbles. You can also find a list of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at bigleaguechew.com. BLC, Big League Chew.
1: They, uh, I did see the Big League Chew exhibit in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that was cool. Love that. Um,. They had one of the, it was one of the older packs. It was like one of the, like with the, the funny looking guy on it. He almost looks like a, he looks like a gremlin on crack or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was going on, a but it was, a, the, the, it was the a, if you look it up. I'm telling you, if you look it up, it's, it's wild. So
2: and that's like what I'm going to
3: think about now. Next time I look at that. I'm, <laughs> all right. Gremlin
2: I'm on gonna, crack.
3: That's perfect. But you're right. It's so that that. But I. The thing is, though, Kyle, is that it's exactly how I remember Big League Chew from the beginning.
1: The old days.
3: The old days. Here it is.
1: Here it is. Okay. You all tell me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show you here. You all tell me what you think this looks like.
2: (laughs) Oh, dude. And you. This makes so (laughs) much sense when you watch. When you watch the the documentary, I promise you that that logo represents all of their players. It's so cool because they talk about how like back in the 70s, like mostly guys were clean cut. They were uniformed. All the uniforms are the same. If you were we're all wearing stirrups, you're not wearing stirrups. These guys were like scraggly, like beards and big sideburns and long hair. And it's like you shouldn't it wasn't the way you're supposed to look back then. So that makes a ton of sense when you watch the documentary
1: like i said i'm not i'm not knocking it i think it's great it was just it's really the only way i can describe it but uh anyway I love the description thank you um so the red Sox. let's uh let's dial it back to was that friday it would have been friday yeah friday it was, right. was
2: the was the big, big yeah because
1: it just it just set me up for an a miserable weekend mentally Ooh, i just yeah. i was not a great place i was i was not in a great place going up to cooperstown after that display of hot trash um 28 to 5 i think it was i think i blacked out after it was like mm. 20 i think it ended up being 20 28 to 5, to five. yeah uh, franchise blue record for it was history all over the place i believe it was a franchise record for the blue jays most runs scored i think it was uh, feel free to fact check me, but I think it was the most runs allowed by the Red Sox at Fenway Park in franchise mm. history. Um mm. uh, just horrendous. And what's really Off of 29 hits. Thanks. Uh <laughs> what's really frustrating about this is that it just makes the front office's decision that much easier. Like you got you got guys like Nate Aldi uh xander yeah. bogart's obviously at the top of the list there jd martinez i don't even think even if even if they went out until the deadline i i just think the way you the, the way as a team the way they came out of the gate after mm-hmm. a week-long break yeah and that's that's the showing that you're going to put out there 28 runs and jaron duran
2: buddy oh boy ryan did you see that
3: that highlight Uh, I didn't see it it live, but I saw the highlight on social media probably 900 or 1,000 times.
1: Jaron Duran, what are we doing, dude? Are you serious? Did he finish that game? Unfortunately, yeah, he did. Because we pretty much had nobody else to put out there because we got catchers playing first base. We got second baseman playing right field. We got first baseman playing third. I don't understand. I don't understand. And the fact that he just completely gave up on the ball. When you already knew, like you knew right at the second that game started. Yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't going the Sox way. And for you to just stand there and not even give, like, give me a light jog or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And apparently it was because, well, he didn't want to collide with, with Verdugo or something. Verdugo wasn't even in the frame. You look no, at the he picture was he was busting even, it
2: though. He was yeah. he was busting it. And that's like uh, and I think that's the biggest smack in the face when when you see a guy like full out full speed out of your periphery. You got to see that like happening and he comes sliding in and like is he this is an attempt. This is effort. This is what it looks like to be to care. For you to just stand there and be like mm. So I agree. I, the,
3: the hustle would have been nice, but as far as do I believe he didn't see the ball? Absolutely. I, you know, yeah, and I'm not going to question with that. Actually, a p- funny part of the whole video for me, or like astounding, is it was two outs. I think six nothing, two outs, and Tapia, His reaction was if like he just missed it completely. He's like, oh, and he kind of slipped and kind of started like jogging. Yeah, the ball mm-hmm. hit the warning track in center field. Like yeah. he kind of S- hit it. it. Struck. It was struck, but his reaction was like, "Oh man, like I just missed it." So where where Duran was initially, I'm like, "Oh, it's popped up there," and then it lands a hundred feet behind him. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's not how you want to come out of the break, especially as we talked about, you know, Kyle and Nate. The AL East is as well, and and Kyle, it's got to be fuel to the flame just from the voicemail that it came against a uh, division rival that that's getting a little bit hot at the at the right time. It's
1: the it is the karma I deserved after slandering collectively nate i think you were in on it too i think we collectively slandered the uh the home run jacket so it it only makes sense i mean i wasn't expecting i I still stand my ground on that i I still stand my ground (laughs) but i think i think my response was like the blue jays decided that because we hated it that they they were just going to show it to me every inning because it just seemed like home run here, home run there. I think it was a crooked, I think it was a crooked number, like every inning that game, just absolutely insane, but bigger picture. Yeah. What were you going to say?
2: Well, well, I mean, that's what I was going to allude to is, was the bigger picture. And I was, I baseball reference, put something out today, um, that the Red Sox have been outscored by 54 runs in their last five games. And that is the worst run differential in both leagues since 1901,
1: I saw that the. I don't know in if it was five like game a five-game stretch. Hmm. Okay, well, we don't need to keep adding on Five? That. Five, um, games? five games.
3: That's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. really good. That, that'll make I mean, you feel this, really great as a Red Sox fan.
2: This has this has to put you in a seller position. It, it's it the does only thing and that it makes sucks.
1: sense. And it sucks because Xander Bogart should have already been locked up. Raphael yeah. Devers should have already been locked up. JD, I I I get it. Like he, he's getting getting a little older. I understand he was that whole situation was kind of on the fence already. Mm-hmm. But like you have to have Xander locked up. You have to have Rafi's locked up. And the fact that you waited until this point to where your decision now is awfully easy. Yeah, it just sucks for like guys like me that, I mean Xander's uh, like that's my guy. Yeah, and now good chance. Won't see him, and especially with Devers on the IL, good chance we won't see them on the field together again. So that's that's great.
3: But how how long is Devers out? Do we know? Well, he's
1: on the he's on the ten day, but it just it, Could it seemed like they didn't hesitate to to get him on there. So yeah, Devers is an
3: untouchable though, right? Oh no, he's untouchable. But I I was just gonna try to spin it to a, a positive way. I'll go on the other side of of this talk, and and I'm not gonna say the Red Sox have to be sellers. Look, it, it, as we've heard, it has not been a pretty uh, week for Boston fans. However, you're not out of anything yet. You have the talent there. It's not that it's there, but you're right. You're going to have to make a decision on who you're thinking about extending. But Boston is one of those teams that will want to spend. They're not ever going to go into a full rebuild mode. So, Kyle, do you think, though, if, if the Red Sox can hang in there and Devers comes back... And they're right in the playoff. If, if you're getting to the playoffs, wouldn't you want to keep your guys if you thought they still had a chance? Because once you get in, you never know what happens. Right. But
1: that's the thing is you have to – the front office is going to have to commit one way or another. For and sure. And, like, if, if even if it's in the next few days, like, you're going to have to do something with Bogarts. You're going to have to do something with Rafi. And you're going to have to go out and make – A splash at the deadline that's more than just like a number four starter. You're gonna need to go out and like actually do something to then not only Luis Castillo. Yeah, not only to commit to just the rest of the season, but to just show like the direction that you plan on moving forward beyond this season, regardless how things shake up. But like this, like you're saying, Ryan, with this like in between thing, I hate it. Right. I hate it. If you're if you if you don't believe in this team, which in a weird way, feels eerily similar to the way last year's team was with just mm-hmm. like, I don't really know if this team can do anything. And then they, they're two, two wins away from the world series. It's like, if you don't believe in this team in that same way, blow it up, just blow it up. Like this, this like, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll nickel and dime Raffy or, uh, Bogarts mm-hmm. and see, see what progress we can, we can make there, which answer is zero. Uh, it's, it's just not working and it's it's extremely frustrating to watch like you need to do something even if you didn't sign a single person but you at least signed bogarts it it instills a little bit of confidence like it 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 inserts a little energy into the the clubhouse and kind of shakes things up but what they're doing right now just isn't working
2: i'm gonna go pre all-star break and I'm going to go ahead and say that that Chris Sale comebacker broken finger was like a, a very giant gut punch. And what uh, did I think it was a very big gut punch?
1: And what did I say like a month ago? I said, I can't wait for, and it, it wasn't me wishing ill will on Chris Sale, but I said, I can't wait for Chris Sale to come back and make his couple starts and be back on the IL. And Quite yeah. literally, what happened. He's I back think it's on the it's I- definitely, I- definitely
2: a fluke sure. thing. It's definitely a fluke thing, and and we can't for attribute sure. it to to right. any other you know past injury you know uh, you know records that he has. But I I just I, I watched what it did because it that that is like trading for somebody at the deadline. That if you have Chris Sale healthy the rest of the way out, that is like making a big move at the deadline. And I think what it did was just it. instead of saying okay if we do get Luis Castillo now we're talking front three of the rotation as a very big force it's completely flipped the script and I think that that injury was the biggest blow and we watched the end of that Yankee series into the all-star break and then they came out the same way the first series And, and it's just it it only makes sense in my mind to be sellers And I'm not saying you sell – I don't even think Xander goes anywhere. Devers is definitely not going anywhere. But I do think Nate Aldi, I do think possibly JD
1: are gone. Well, switching gears here, uh, Shohei talking about selling. The Angels are asking for a greater haul than what the – or at least it seems that way. Maybe maybe I just didn't read into it enough, but it seems like the Angels are asking for more than the Nationals are asking for Juan Soto because they're asking for impact-making major league-ready guys. And from what it seems like, it's looking like the Angels are looking to basically just annihilate another team's lineup for the sake of this potential trade. Because if, if you if you give the Angels what they're asking for, you're at, if you're in the hunt, you're out of the hunt. And if you're rebuilding, you're going back to square one. So what are our thoughts on what we think Shohei would pull in a trade? And do we think it's worth it? Well,
2: first off, Ryan, what do you think when you hear big league ready? slash impacts big leaguers.
3: That's an that's a, that's a interesting point. So there's a lot of guys you look at. So in that, if they have proven at every level, and specifically they're in AAA and they have checked all the boxes and they look, the, the, the next step that, that is left for them to challenge is, is being in the major leagues and proving themselves. So if you're talking about big league ready, that's how I define it is you are ready to go to the big leagues but you haven't proven anything yet. You either maybe got a cup of coffee so far or you're waiting to go up, you know? So, and I remember back, this is years ago, just because I remember like an impactful trade, not to that extent at all, but the Orioles made a trade for Adam Jones when he was coming up with the Mariners. Adam Jones was a top prospect. and was was big league ready and, and maybe got a little bit of time, but you still weren't sure which direction he went. And he turned out obviously had a great career. Mm-hmm. So... For Otani, I don't know if I'm a team unless you if if winning is that important for that specific year or you have the foundation to spend money like the Yankees. I mean, I'm bringing up a lot. The Yankees or Dodgers, where they just we're gonna spend money, we're gonna keep spending it. Then go ahead if you feel you can pay them and give up the prospects because you can reload that way. But if I am any mid tier team, I am not making a trade for Otani because at the end of the day, he is a unbelievable talent truly like i don't know if we're going to see another player in our generation be able to throw like he does and hit like he does it's rare but to ask for so many guys that could become multiple all-stars or even just become good big league players you have nine guys out there one guy could make a big difference but it's still asking a lot you have to you have to figure out what type of team you are if you're willing to spend do it if you're not I'm pumping the brakes. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it's just from what I read, from the, from the article that I read, the reason they're asking for current big leaguers, impact big leaguers, or big league ready guys is because they think they're still in the hunt. And, and I think that's delusional. Oh, absolutely. Because if that's
3: the case, yeah, no chance.
2: 23 and a half games back in the division, 15 games under five hundred. And what are they out in the wild card? Ten and a half games, as of right now. Behind. Is
1: that what? Is that what they were saying? That's, that's I, how
2: I read that article.
1: That's how it came I, off to me. Because I, cause I read otherwise another, why?
2: Why are you asking for big leaders?
1: Well, I read another article that said that they were trying to minimize the time that they were out of the hunt. I guess I, I in other words, they're trying to return to the hunt, even if it's not this year next year so the so it's not the the lowly high prospects yeah, yeah. To, okay, i mean a, to your credit i i did read an article that sounded that it was saying exactly that like they yeah. felt that they were but i don't know like i don't i don't know if they released in a i mean not not that they released a statement but i don't know like what their official position is uh regarding the matters Hague, but I, I think
2: yeah. i think it's, it's not I this think year common no and it's a combination of of trade chips. You got to get those prospects. It's clear they have a terrible farm because what the last, I don't know, 20 picks that they've had in the draft, 15 of them have been have been pitchers. So, I I think it's it's the rebuild is there. I I think it's delusional to think that it's not and it doesn't make sense to me to ask for current big league guys with either no protection or a year or two because are are you really in that window right now
3: within the next two or three years we'll talk about teams that when we do it's been a topic so far this this uh, show where are the angels are they you know where in, in your mind in their front office is thinking well we can still you know they built the roster thinking they'd compete this year and it's not the angels haven't been to the playoffs since what 2014 I think I, I last looked up and someone can please fact check me if I'm wrong I want to I want to be known that I'm wrong. I think it was but,
1: the, was wasn't that the ALDS against the Royals because that was Mike Trout's like yeah. only only playoff oh, run if I recall. And
3: yeah, so like I, I think that sounds about right. So you're talking about that. It's what do you what are you trying to be? You are in a big market. You're bringing in big free agents, but whatever formula is happening, you're not bringing it in. And it's mm-hmm. amazing that you have two talented players. But again, if I if I were the Angels, yes, I would try to look for it. You know, because I, I don't, I'm not sold that they know or have the formula to compete right now in the AL West. Because I think Houston mm-hmm. and the Mariners and the Rangers have this type of uh, system that they've kind of built and it's starting to come to fruition. Especially mm-hmm. you know the Astros and the Mariners. You got to figure that out. And and mm-hmm. you're because you're wasting. You already you already committed to Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Are you going to commit another mega contract to Otani? If you're not making any progress, so yeah. I could I could see that whole Trout situation ending very poorly too.
1: Yeah, I think he's his patience is about as thin as it can get right now.
3: Yeah, and it's tough. It's a shame. Like I, we talk about, it. when do you you we want to see some of the best players play in the biggest moments? And Mike Trout is one of the best players, and we haven't had a chance to see him play in the big moments. Enough. And.
1: I mean, to the credit of what a lot of people are saying, like, he he made his bed. Like, he he yeah, right. made it very clear he wanted to stay there. For so sure. It's a little different with Trout. I think when that deal first went down, or the extension, I should say, I was of the belief of, like, no, just give it some time. Let's see if the front office can can follow through on their promise to, to build around him and to provide him a supporting cast that will help get him back to the postseason. They just simply haven't done it, and if they think they've done it, Ryan, like you said, it just hasn't it hasn't really happened. And so, like, who, regardless who you want to point the blame at, the reality of it is is that the Angels are not in the hunt this year. They're not going to be in the hunt this year, and unless something drastic changes, whether it be a Shohei move or something, it's I don't I don't really see anything changing. So, I don't know.
3: It's a shame. It is. Really. And is.
1: and also something
2: to note is that when Shohei was going through that process of coming over here, he chose L.A. I think there were other offers and maybe even better offers than the Angels. He chose that location. And I think that's something to remember. So when you're talking about who would be able to possibly make a move for him, you got to think about the market that he would be going to. And in my mind, it's I think that that. Japanese and and overall Asian culture needs to be a heavy thing. Do you see him in Arlington as a ranger? There's not that same amount of support and culture that you would get on a coast, right? Whether it's the West or East coast. So that's another thing that I'm kind of, you know, watching is that like if, if the Mets or the Yankees or the Mariners, you know, those types of cities try and make a move for him. How well does he settle in? versus a middle-of-the-country type of team.
1: Speaking of settling in, uh, it seems as though the reporter that uh, had a little run-in with Nick Cassianos was feeling awfully comfortable. <laughs> because he, he got a violence. little... He, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he made that decision when he woke up. He said, you know yeah. what? Today's the day. Yeah, I'm going to the some day. feathers. Today's the day. And apparently this isn't like I, I haven't read all that like too many great things. I think it's I think it's Jim Salisbury with the with the Phillies. Um I haven't seen a lot of good things about him recently. So it's possible that I mean I'm not I'm not all that familiar with Philly media, but it's possible mm-hmm. this wasn't exactly his first run in either. Mm-hmm. Um but the just the way the conversation went, like there were so many, there's so many points where that you could have just stopped it and could avoid, could have avoided all of this. Yeah. He, he. for those who are unfamiliar, basically this guy asked Nick Cassianos, who's just having a horrendous year, all things considered, mm-hmm. uh, asked him if he had heard the booze after one of his at bats during the game. And Nick Cassianos was basically just like, dude, that's a stupid question. Like, Of course, that's a rhetorical question. Of course, I heard the booze. Yeah, and then the guy,
2: but he, I initially he he answered it sarcastically. He was like, "No, I lost my hearing."
1: Yeah, he's like, "Can can can one of you guys?" He looked at the other porters. He's like, "Can one of you guys answer answer him for me?" And then, and then it like cut back to the reporter, and then like the media guy, the Phillies media guy was like, "All right, we're
2: done. Like interview over." No, no, no. So he was just he
1: was on he was on standby, and then. (laughs) And then Castellanos was like, "That's a stupid question." And then the reporter was like, "No, that's a question you should be equipped to answer." And then he yeah. like he like adjusts his mask, and then the the, the security guy steps in. He goes, "Okay, guys, yeah. guys, guys, come on." Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> w- "Why are you out trying to pick a fight with Castellanos? People saying he's soft. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, if you've played baseball at any competitive level, you know how frustrating it can get, and to have a guy sit there and ask you like." Forget Cassianos for a second. Let's look at the question. Did you mm-hmm. hear the booze? What do we think the answer to that question is? He's just yeah. trying to get a—he's just trying to get a soundbite. He's trying, like you said, now he's trying to ruffle some feathers. Mm-hmm. And so for Nick to respond the way he did, like, yeah, I'm kind of on board with it. Like I—I I won't say I'm on board with it. I'm not like condoning it, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. And for you to, as a
3: reporter, to get all defensive, what—what what are we doing? Stirring the pot. He's throwing all the seasonings in there, wanted to really spice it up. And and look, we're in this type of time frame where media presence is big. You know, everything it everything's being videoed. So, and maybe back, you know, I don't know, before all this, maybe 20 years ago, maybe even 10, this would be nothing. Like we wouldn't even be talking about this because mm-hmm. it'd probably be heard about locally. And if they got into it, it moves on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here's the thing. It's if you're going to ask certain questions, players are especially after a game um, where things didn't go well then or good or bad. But usually when it's bad, I know for me, I never was really in the mood to talk to anybody after a game. You, you had a bad game. You're getting booed. People are saying a lot of things about you or the team just you just got smacked. The first thing you're I can tell you the first like 10 things you don't want to talk about is is nothing to do with the game. Mm-hmm. And then, so you're going to act and then it's a direct thing about you specifically. Yeah. I don't blame Castellanos. I also think that by, that by him, uh, asking that as well, the sarcasm allowed it to, to build up too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's just kind of the world we're in. It's going to be, there's more of a, and, and, and is it antagonistic approach? Mm-hmm. Is that, did I say that right? Sure. Maybe. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's. I think you're going to see more and more of these situations just because of social media being out and about. It's going to be talked about more.
2: Yeah, and it's just trying to get them fired up. And I and I I think, the I think the biggest issue and and Ryan, you could speak to this as well. It's like th- that reporter has to continue to have access in that locker room for the rest of the year or years moving forward. Oh, absolutely. And when you, when you step over that line and when you piss a guy off after he's openly accepting interviews after a bad stretch or bad game in general, you have to think that, that you just burn that bridge moving forward. And oh, how many I, other bridges are you burning with teammates?
3: And I, I, I that's a great point because as you move forward with all these things and, and you're more a well-known individual so for baseball players and you're being documented and you're building a rapport with the people that are following you especially if they're going to have access like that you're exactly right mm-hmm. if you burn a bridge or you go after a player that they feel is negative like you know you you are it's like everything we talk about in life it's not even with baseball if you are creating a network and you do something that you know is going to upset and you're going to say well I'm doing my job you can do your job, but if you do it in a way that you could hurt yourself, like that, that that connection could be broken. And who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. the reporter apologized. Maybe Castellanos would say something. But in general, that's something that you don't want to be known for in the mm-hmm. world. You don't want to be known as that guy because then the, the players are going to talk about it. People are going to talk about it, and and that's your reputation is going to grow in a way that that was not what you were uh, you know looking out to do. How do we, uh, kind of along the same lines?
1: How do we feel about this Victor Robles Mad Bomb situation? I, I mean, Mad Bomb, like, relax, dude.
2: If in, I think in his comments, he was like his third home run of the year, and he's acting like Barry Bonds, right? Don't give up a home run to a guy that only has two in the year. No, like, you know what I'm saying? Yes, and like, okay. I think yeah. that there's a level of I earned this off of a legend. Like Mad Bum is, is a legendary name in the pitching world. I think he'll go down as – and it's like it's got to feel that I got him. I got him this time, and I'm going to soak it in for a sec. I don't think it speaks on the scenario of the game. I don't think it speaks on how many home runs you have in your career or on the season – it's, I got this guy. And you know, when you're sitting in the box, you're like, I want him. I want to beat this guy. Because this is an all-time name. And I want to add that to my list. And I want to remember this when I'm done playing. The reaction is what it is.
1: It's just like... Are we giving Robles too much credit? Do we think he's really thinking about that when he's going up to the plate? Or do you think he I just think, sees I it? I think easy. every
2: player has that you know, in the back of their head. I think that there's a little bit, there's an extra gear that you go to when you see a Mad Bum on the mound versus some Joe Schmo.
1: I mean, I I don't disagree with Mad Bum's comments where, or I shouldn't say comments, but his overall sentiment regarding the, in my opinion, very important facet of all of this being the score. Like it was what, seven to one? like if you're Robles I mean it's take, understandable t- take yeah. Mad Bum's comments out of it just the overall look mm-hmm. of doing that yeah. when you're da- when it's 7 to 1 yeah. that's understandable and I'm not saying they're not capable of coming back and winning but in that moment it's just not a great look so for him to come out and acknowledge like dude it's 7-1 what are you doing I I can at least I can but get he's that.
2: Ha- he's had these comments at in all scenarios about any player that ever does this against him It's it's it it's across multiple different types of scenarios with games and scores. If anybody does
1: anything to Mad Bum, he's like, no. Okay, well, he acknowledged that. And I've got a quote here. So they asked him about it after the game and he says, clown, no shame. It's seven to one. You hit your third homer of the year and you act like Barry Bonds breaking a record. Clean it up. I don't care about giving up the run hell we won seven to seven to two or eight to two whatever it was it's frustrating I'm the old grumpy guy I know but that type of stuff didn't used to happen I don't like that he said that didn't used to happen thing because I've said on here before I hate when like reporters that are mm-hmm. significantly older than the guys on the field are saying well back Stuck in my day back
0: then yeah. it's yeah. like
1: you can feel that way but if you constantly go back to that well it's like it, it just doesn't make you look great, especially in today's world where you're just labeled as a boomer, you're at, labeled as an old head.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If he wouldn't have ended with that, I would have been fine. If he would just acknowledged he's the old grumpy guy and just been done, I would have been okay with it. But I don't know. Is it, I, I'm still stuck on the robless thing. Like Bumgarner. Yeah. Like lighten up on literally anything that ever happens to you. Like got to mm-hmm. be a little better with that, but you're down you're seven to one come on Mm -hmm.
3: there isn't a lot to cheer about right now in Washington you know overall it's been a a rough it's been a rough year so personally like if it was me and and we're getting smacked uh I'm I'm not gonna do anything just because I feel that we're getting smacked and it's not about with me now I played with Robles he's a very passionate player and, and and he's and he's a good guy But I know he can be very emphatic and Mm -hmm. can celebrate. And that's, you know, we're talking about the new school versus old school type of baseball. And that's where I kind of feel like people are stuck in the middle. People like seeing celebrations and people don't like being showed up. Robles, that's also just how he plays. He wants to be, he wants to to show that emotion. Mm -hmm. Did I think he picked the wrong time to show the emotion? Again, but again, it's up for interpretation. But would I have done it just because of the team mentality? No. And also, I wouldn't want to fuel any team to anything either. If a team, if you're getting getting smacked, I don't want to give the other team any incentive to do anything because the old school, new school thing, I would hate for a game that's already out of hand kind of. And uh, whether you're talking about the unwritten rules and a pitcher comes in and he drills the next you know batter next inning on, on one of the Nationals guys and someone gets hurt, that always went through my mind whether we think that that's right or wrong about the unwritten rules let's just be honest that happens and mm-hmm. i would at that point that would just be insult to injury you lose and then the 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 diamondbacks are mad and then here comes a ball right at the ribs and uh you know then we got a a ruckus so yeah
1: yeah it's like if you're the nationals you with the way this season's going you got to get the wins that you can and like the diamondbacks you, you gotta you gotta find a way to to get your wins against these teams, but if you're over here causing a distraction, yeah. not to say that this is a distraction. I mean, he turned it into a distraction, showing up. What was it the next day with like a the clown nose or whatever? Yeah, which is I like a whole it. other aspect. I like listen. that.
2: I I like it. And and look, I don't want just new school, and I don't want just old school. I like this. I'm a fan of this. This is what we're talking about. I want to argue about this. I want baseball. It's good for
3: baseball. Yeah. It's good for baseball. baseball Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about, I think that, you know, we understand that baseball, people love baseball, but is it the most popular thing? It's football, right? So if there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of commotion and and theatrics and drama, it's Mm -hmm. good for the sport. Whether you like it or not, it's polarizing. Yeah. We need it. I like it. We need to argue about it.
2: I don't want Mad Bums and and Justin Verlander's to to and Max Scherzer's to go away. I don't want that. I do want those guys and that mentality to stick around and say, you know what? I don't believe in the way you do it, and I don't like it. And I want that
1: edge. It's okay need to on, be you need competitive. On both sides. You need that. You yes. need both sides of that. Like I don't like. The, yes. I don't believe in the way you play the game. Here's how you yes. should do it. And then the other guy being like, no, no, that's not how we do it. Here's how yes. we play. You need that healthy that healthy yes.
3: tension. See, I can feel the passion it, when we're talking about it. Like that's yeah. that's great. People pick sides, they get behind it, it gets it gets people talking, it gets it it will also it, it bring more tension to situations. And then when they play again, it, it you can mm-hmm. feel things build up. I mean it's great. It's a good storyline. All right, for the sake of time, uh let's wrap it
1: up with these these uh two headlines from the last few days uh this first one uh the daniel vogelbach trade to the mets uh mets acquiring him uh from the pirates in exchange for rookie reliever colin holderman uh again for the sake of time we'll keep it brief but give me a grade for this for this move if you're the mets how do you feel about the Mets overall improvement as a result of this trade
2: C plus. And I think, I think the only reason, um, I put it at a plus is because I think this potentially puts Dom Smith in any type of package moving forward for another move. Uh, cause you're securing this spot, uh, you know, that backup first baseman lefty pop kind of thing. Um, So I think that's what this speaks to the most is Dom Smith will be included in something and this won't be their last move.
3: I'm with you on it. I think it's a low risk, high reward type situation. Could work out great. If not, they can build for another piece to go get another player. Mm -hmm.
1: Adam Duvall, on a scale of one to 10, how would you grade this season ending surgery? uh, Which... I believe it was a left wrist injury uh which i'm not sure if you guys saw the video but it didn't look that that bad like he
2: i did not see it i didn't, I didn't see the, the
1: i didn't see the 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 moments after but immediately like usually if something something bad happens you'll see it and the guy will immediately react but it looked like the at least for the first few seconds after mm-hmm. uh didn't look too bad but he will be out for the remainder of the season uh how do we on a scale of one to ten how severe would you say
3: the Braves are viewing this
1: I'd
3: say 3 to 4 I, I you know i i might even be lower i think also that it happening now might give them the opportunity to make a move if they want like this is at least it's happening now and at, not after the trade deadline and i think that the culture that the Braves have built i think their leadership they're going to be just fine you don't want to lose a player like him but i think if a team that could overcome that and at the timing it is with the deadline, it would be the Braves. And we you guys talked about it earlier about they've made some tremendous moves, um, acquisitions in the past. You know, they uh could find lightning in a bottle again.
2: Yeah. And I, I think they're they're not afraid to return the guys. Who's to say Solaire isn't back in the picture again? They've shown that they don't care about bringing. there's there's no ego when that happens because Duvall and Solaire you know were brought Duvall was was a former Brave he was a Marlin then they brought him back right so what's to say they don't do it again with Solaire former Brave postseason experience kind of a legend right Jock Peterson type but I don't think they're going to be able to get Jock Peterson um, and this also potentially puts them in the in the Benintendi conversation as well so uh, I, would say that, I would say it's a little bit higher I think they do make a move To solidify uh, where they stand. So I'm going to put this at like a a five or
1: six. Yeah, I'm probably right there, right there in the middle as well. Um, I think we covered everything we had hoped to cover. Uh, I won't go into the whole Seakeek ad read because I know Nate just rolls (laughs) his eyes every time I do, especially at this point in At the end. So uh, just, yeah, I mean, look, you know. If you don't know it by now, if you don't know the ad read by now, you should be should be able to recite it in your sleep. Just go to SeatGeek. You get twenty dollars off your first purchase as a first time user. Uh and the code is our social handle. That's the the number three, the number zero take pod. That's the 30 take pod. You get $20 off your first purchase. Um look, just do it. Concerts, Simple. games. If you're if you look, if your team's still in it and you're looking to get some tickets, use SeatGeek. If your team's out of it and you're trying to take advantage of a uh, of a cheap ticket have it be even cheaper use the promo code that's that's all i gotta say on that uh is there anything else i missed or we we think we can wrap this wrap this up and bring it home let bring her home Ryan in this plane this is ryan's second yes. show we haven't we haven't set him up with a with a sign off yet but ryan feel free to share any parting words did you i think you announced you're on
3: you got a twitter now right yeah, yeah. So I went from really not being a social media guy to now being kind of a social media guy. Uh so I'm on Twitter and Instagram now. Uh can find me. It's just Ryan Ripkin the name. And uh feel free to put a note in my box. I'd love to talk about anything. You got any baseball questions? But yeah, and eventually, you know, come back on here. I'll I'll work on a sign off. But um uh, <laughs> We're not there yet, so uh, great hey. time and and thanks for everyone listening. Give me some time. Get, let me turn twenty nine, and the wisdom will will be there. Yeah, welcome, welcome Ryan to
1: Twitter with a follow and a and a happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday! Shout out, that's good. Thank you that's and thank good. you,
3: Kyle, and Nate. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I, I, uh, I don't make the same mistake twice. Much appreciated. <laughs> Today. Nate, you got
1: anything?
2: Oh, uh, I, I just buckle up. This this next week is going to be absurd. I, I see some big <laughs> things happening in the trade stuff, so.
1: That's one of my favorite things that Nate does. If you didn't know any better, every Monday you're getting ready for the biggest week of baseball buckle that there's up. ever in. Buckle up. I'm just the hype man. I'm the it beginning be like, of the week hype man. It's like the 3rd week of May, folks. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's nothing coming up but just buckle up. I big love it. week,
2: big I love week. It. Somebody's going to get moved to somewhere, and it's going to be exciting. And all of the things that we're talking about right now will be outdated. So there you go. So hurry up and listen. Tell some friends about us. And, uh, look, if you're not leaving us voicemails, you're missing out. Don't go chasing curveballs.
1: We'll see you all Thursday. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.